0: Hey everyone, this is Denise and Brandy with Eternally Fit. And today we are going to continue with the book of Zechariah. Um we're going to do chapter 7, 8 and half of 9. So, I'll let Brandy go ahead and get started on
1: 7. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Um Chapter 7, I didn't get a whole lot from, but I got what I did get was pretty important. Um so at this time it's the fourth year of king darius um and it gives once you figure out the the timeline it says you know the fourth year fourth day whatever so what we're, we're looking around december 7th um and this is around 586 bc is when the temple was destroyed and it's now 520 bc and i don't know if you guys remember from the last videos they were uh, at, at this point, they were trying to rebuild this temple again um, after God's chosen people have been gathering back together. Uh, <clears throat> so they're getting the temple built. Um, so it, there was 70 years that they were fasting. Um, they were holding a fast for the remembrance of the destruction of Jerusalem. Um, so they were doing this traditional fasting thing and and this was, um,
0: was this, uh, like at certain time periods, is it the
1: fast, um, I, like thought, I thought I had read it was August, uh, thought I had read it was every August they would fast. Um, so they would, they fasted and mourned during the exile with no thought for God. Okay. So they... I'm thinking it was during a certain time, yes.
0: Like their mourning time to mourn for the temple destruction, the first temple maybe?
1: Oh, it says a fast in August. So, yep. So, they did okay. this. They would hold a fast in August to remember the destruction of Jerusalem. So, they did uh, this for 70 years, seven zero. Okay. Well, and in and, verse... What was that? Sorry, I didn't want
0: to interrupt. But it made me think of um, just recently... There was a ninth of Av mourning and fasting, um, which they they had it um, at the end of July. I think it was the twenty sixth and twenty seventh. Um, do you wonder if this is do you want
1: to explain that at all? What you um, found out about that? It's <clears throat> like who it, who's about or
0: what I understand is it it's to mourn. So this is the crazy part: the first and second temple were both destroyed on the same like in the same time period, the ninth of Av A V is what they call it. So just uh just January 26th and 27th, the people in Jerusalem, Israel, they had um like a mourning period, just mourning those um temple, both of those temple destructions. how, how crazy is it that they were destructed on the same day, so many years apart.
1: That is that is interesting, and and it was the ninth of Av, you said.
0: Is what it's called, yeah. And is that, Av.
1: Is that different time every year?
0: It kind of seems to be that it kind of ebbs and flows a little, and maybe because it's based on the Hebrew calendar or something. Um, I do know. So that I'm di- wondering if maybe you know mm-hmm. sometimes it's in August, sometimes it's.
1: I do the end think of the July. Hebrew calendar is off from what ours is. <clears throat> every year, not by a lot, but that's interesting. And then when the, his people are gathered, that's when they would build a temple. Yes. So we, there is supposed to be that third temple again. So I'm wondering if it's around that same mm. time. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. I'll go back to, so verse five, um, after, you know, they're talking about all this fasting and, um, it says, Ask all the people of the land and the priests, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh month for the past 70 years, was it really for me that you fasted? So a lot of people in that time period, they would do more traditional things to um, say they were doing it for God, but they were not they were just it, it was just like a traditional thing you just walk through the motions and um god knew that he mm-hmm. knew that these these people and it's this day and age too people um will just do things out of tradition repetitiveness and, he, and it's it's god knows their true heart
0: mm-hmm. are you doing it like for that god? To be with me at church i just go through the
1: motions It used to be with you at church, and I think that was—it's fairly normal at a younger age, too. You know, I mean, maybe your parents make you go to church, and you just do it to appease them, Um, and uh, not just kids, because I know there are now people nowadays that do it just to do it, like you were saying. Um, But God knows, He knows your true heart. Are you doing it for Him? Are you doing it for a uh, church setting? Are you doing it? to please family are you doing it or are you doing it for god um
0: and and what would be your answer on how would you change that like how do you change your heart to from doing it just to to do it to appease others or like you feel like you have to to actually being genuine genuine and doing it for god or like you I want to I think
1: teaching I just think
0: you know and just reading reading the bible like daily
1: uh, the bible and god is the only one that can truly change your heart so mm-hmm. it's that's a kind of a tough one because we can't do it we can pray no. for them people we can bring them the bible and say hey read the bible with me um and they may start out doing it like a s- traditional thing like okay she wants me to read i'll read so uh, w- prayer only God can yeah. change your heart, right. um, and like you said, you know, <clears throat> for many years you were just doing it. It was the motions,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: now you you worship Him by reading mm-hmm. His Bible every day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's it's changed me. <laughs> yeah, the renewing of your mind. Yep. So that was one of the questions <clears throat> this had. So for you, I mean, you answer this too, but but I want everybody that's listening answer this to yourself. When you go to church, when you pray, or when you have fellowship with other believers, are you doing these from habit, or what do you get out of it? Um, I read the Bible for God. Obviously, it's it, and in turn it helps me. Right, doing these podcasts with you sometimes it, it gets hard trying to learn and study, but at the same time, it has pushed me to where I need to be pushed for God, for His people.
0: Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: some days I think, oh that's really confusing. I don't have the brain power to think about this right now, but once I yeah. do, it's like God kind of shows you and connects the dots for you and yeah. It's pretty yeah. cool once you figure it out.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, and then verses 11 and 12, they wouldn't listen to him. They wouldn't listen to his laws. They chose to harden their own hearts. Um and then Sins seem to become easier the more often you do them. They seem, um, each repetition seems like those sins get easier or you cover them up um, until I think the renewing of your mind. Mm -hmm. And this verse 13, after all this, he said, when I called, they did not listen. So when they called, I would not listen. I mean, that would be terrible yeah. for God not to listen.
0: Yes, it would be. Yeah.
1: That's all I have for uh,
0: seven. So, and and just to kind of continue on that, because it, it kind of ties into um, chapter eight, I believe. So the very next verse, 14, says, I scattered them with a whirlwind among the nations. So, um, you know, the Jews were kind of like scattered throughout the earth. Right. And um, so I'm thinking it's this chapter that kind of ties that back. So chapter eight, um, this is about how the Lord promises to bless Jerusalem. So um, verse three, he says, the Lord says, I will return to Zion and dwell in Jerusalem. Then Jerusalem will be called the city of truth, and the mountain of the Lord Almighty will be called the Holy Mountain. So, um, you know, the Lord was upset with them, but he's, there's a time when he's going to return. And I, you know, I see Zion a lot in, in the Bible, but I've never really like looked it up. And so I looked and it really just means Jerusalem, the land of Israel. Um, sometimes it's called the city of holiness or the city of refuge for safety. So just, you know, a little piece of information there. Um, so he continues to
1: say, you know, there will be old men and women with kings. So, children playing. The- so one thing though, Zion, I did read, um, it's also referred to as the people and Jerusalem. Okay. That makes sense. That makes
0: sense. Okay. So he will return to the people also. That makes sense. Okay, so um, he the next you know next sections talking about how he there will be old and men, old women and men with kings, children playing in streets, um, just indicating peace and safety. Like uh, Jerusalem will be holy and a safe place to live and dwell, and people will live until older age, um, which you know wasn't always common. Um, so then jumping to verse seven and eight. Um, the Lord Almighty says, I will save my people from the countries of the East and the West. I will bring them back to live in Jerusalem. They will be my people and I will be faithful and righteous to them as their God. So kind of why I want to do that he, you know, in chapter seven, where he said, I, I scattered my people. Well, now he's bringing them back to the land. And so this is what happened in um, you know, 1948, Israel became a nation again.
1: So, do you um, think that? Do you think that that's what he's talking about here, or do you think he's talking about the second temple built? So, so he's cause remember how, remember how they um, the people came back together after each temple was built. So right now, the temple is not completely built yet. That's very one. true. And that was a question of mine, and I
0: did find like I was searching on YouTube and on Google. And I found this, you know, how the people would, would come back. I'm trying to see if I have that pulled up still. Okay. Um, Whoopsie daisy. Whoopsie. Are you still there?
1: Yeah. So you're reading from seven and eight, right?
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. I am not sure. Honestly, maybe I kind of jumped to conclusions here. Um, It's just saying, uh, this is, you know, how I will save my people from the East and the West. It says, um, few among the exiles returned to the promised land. God promised a gathering from exile to come that would far surpass the present gathering.
1: So, So they were in exile then. Remember when they were in exile? Right. So this could um, be the second gathering see, back, of them coming together.
0: Back in um, the last I'm trying to think The last chapter I was doing was talking about Zechariah working on the temple and how the people would come back. Um, so I don't know, maybe we need to dig this.: chapter
1: that nine, part. that's when it starts after the temple was completed. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. So maybe, yeah, that might be exactly what it is then. Um, so, okay. Sorry. I'm back now. Um, but I will say, I don't know. There might be another, um, verse in the Bible somewhere about this, but about Mm -hmm. like toward the later days of the people gathering back into Israel Do you, do you happen to know if that's in the Bible, like in some other. A portion for the third time, or what do you mean? So like for, so for example, I looked up some stats, um, 2021, at that time, there were historic number of returns to Israel, 30% growth, um, which was only, you know, 28,000 people, but 2022 it completely shattered that historic percentage of return. It was now, it went from 28 K to 75 K. Oh 100%. my gosh. Wow. So like there have been huge returns back to Israel.
1: And that's exciting and because is, we know that's supposed to happen for that third temple to be built. Right. And so maybe,
0: you know, maybe this was almost a prophetic for any time the temple was built.
1: I don't know. I think it, I think it could be because I know there are, a couple of different ones where it's a his day a prophecy of his day and age and then the future right right so yeah so yeah. that's a really good
0: question though i guess i kind of just jumped to conclusions that it applies to today yeah, it but could've... i bet it, it probably applies to both yeah um okay so he's he's telling zerubbabel to continue building the second temple um at this point yeah, I'd say it's talking about currently, you know, that second temple. Because at this point, they were only halfway through. They were two years into the four-year build. So that would make sense. Okay. Um, that it's talking about the second. But like I said, it could be a future <laughs> prophecy too. Um, and then jumping to uh, verse 10. Um So it says, before that time, there were no wages for man or beast. No one could go about his business safely because of his enemy. For I had turned every man against his neighbor. But now I will not deal with the remnant of this people as I did in the past. So he's just saying, you know, I'm going to bless Jerusalem. You no longer have to worry about your safety. Um, Please continue building this temple. Because at this point, it had sat unfinished for 17 years. And God was saying, you know, why are you building your own houses? But my house is desolate. He said, please continue to build my house. So, um, yeah. And he's just saying, you know, Judah and Israel be blessed. Keep building. So, verse 16, um, He's just saying, uh, he's he's just telling them, you know, how to continue being blessed. So the, he's saying, these are the things you are to do. Speak truth to each other and render true and sound judgment in your courts. Now I saying, do not plot evil against your neighbor. Do not love to swear falsely. I hate all this. And, you know, hate is just a really strong word and And you don't think of God, you know, using that word, but he, I guess to look up, I looked up hate. It's an intense or passionate dislike. And so, you know, he does hate things and that's okay. Like you can hate what God hates and you should love what God loves. So there's
1: a, to go off of what you were saying, there's a thing that says from chapters or from verses 14 through 17 uh, just about building that temple. It says, if you expect God to do his part, be sure to do yours. Oh, yeah. we all need to be sure we're doing our part. And I, I know Denise and I both felt that this podcast is our part, part of our part.
0: Right. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. So glad that that all came together. Um, And then to just kind of close it up, it's I'm going to read chapter. Night or sorry, verse 19. Uh, this is what the Lord Almighty says The fasts of the fourth, fifth, seventh, and tenth months will become joyful and glad occasions and happy festivals for Judah. So, just you know, continuing on, the, the Lord promises to bless Jerusalem. So, in the past, all those fasts were associated with the Babylon captivity destruction, and so he's saying, Hey. I, you know, you no longer need to mourn. I want you to have feasts of joy. Um instead of like mourning fasts. We need to have joy. So that's
1: good. What I have for eight. Um so I have just chapter start chapter nine. And so this starts after the temple was completed. Um so this marks like the third section of the book of Zechariah. Um mm-hmm. the first um you know the 1 through 6 i think were those visions he was seeing and then this is the third one and it talks about <clears throat> this oracle that he's seeing and an oracle is just it's a message from god um light from god or a message from god so i thought this chapter 9 was pretty interesting because It actually started talking about um, Tyra, and I don't know if you know Tyra or anything, but this starts talking about prophesying about Alexander the Great, which we learned growing up about Alexander the Great. I didn't know it was actually in the Bible, but Zechariah is prophesying Alexander the Great, and I thought, what in the world? I'd heard that before, but now just reading all this stuff. Uh, it's very very interesting. So Tyra Tyra is now Lebanon, but it was destroyed by Alexander the Great. Um, mm. and it was two two hundred years later that he did. So he prophesied, and then two hundred years later is when Alexander the Great actually did destroy Tyra. Um, and that ex- actually goes back to Ezekiel. Let me see if I can find it. Ezekiel twenty-eight, because it, it also relates to that, talking about that being fulfilled. Same thing, Alexander the Great. Let me see if I can find it. If not, I will I will bring it up next time so that I'm not just sitting here looking. <clears throat> you you want me to pull it up on my phone? Um, no. That's okay. I'll just keep going because uh, and, and I'll look that up later. So that Haram is the king of Tyre at the time. He, I guess he was the friends of David and Solomon. Um, but the whole thing of how it's all connected is very interesting to me and how Alexander the Great is still connected to us as far as learning that in, in school, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> then we go on to verse nine. This is where it's getting—I mean, it's all good, but this is where it's getting really good. It says, "Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion," and then <clears throat> so if you remember, Zion's referred to as people and mm-hmm. Jerusalem. So mm-hmm. rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So we see the prophecy of Christ coming. And it's in Matthew 21. And it says, as they approached Jerusalem and came to Beth- Bethphage, I don't know how to say that. On the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And once you find a donkey tied there with her colt by her, untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will will send them right back. And then verse four of Matthew says, this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So I think if anybody were to understand, um, you know, a, a donkey or a horse, but riding one, but the full or the colt, meaning the baby or the younger one, usually the younger ones, um, the colt, they're not broke yet. They're for the most part, not writable. They're too young. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're green. They will buck, but they didn't, you know, he just came riding on it to show, mm-hmm. look at what power I have. Um, what, that's a really good
0: point. And like, just the specifics of this prophecy. It's like,
1: yeah, that's very specific. Yeah. It was predicted, uh, 500 years prior. Hmm. And then it just talks about we are to be ready for his next coming. So, and that's, that's really where I'm going to finish off with chapter nine. because I'll pick up right there when we come back next time about the next time he's coming. That sounds great. Yeah. All right. Oh, I did want to share something real quick that Denise had sent to our group. That was so, so interesting. So she had said, we often hear life is short, better enjoy it. But how about eternity is long, better prepare for it. I love that. I thought that was interesting.
0: And that's, you know, that's what this channel is all about. We are preparing. We're trying to get fit for eternity. Yeah. I know we haven't been talking about working out much. (laughs) I'm more concerned with getting fit for eternal life. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about being healthy. Yeah. Eat healthy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All All right, right, guys. Good way to end it. Okay.
0: Thanks. See you later. Bye.